the Seattle Opera Podcast. Hello, opera lovers. It's Jonathan Dean, Seattle Opera Dramaturg and curator of Singer Taste Tests for SoundCloud, here to share with you some thoughts about Giuseppe Verdi. Please subscribe to our Seattle Opera podcast and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. Our Seattle Opera production of Il Trovatore opened last week, and audiences have been really enjoying it. Many people have been commenting on the extraordinary voices and singing from both our casts, and we heard from a number of opera-goers who called Trovatore their all-time favorite. I have to share this wonderful comment made on Facebook by Sam Hatzenbaler after the dress rehearsal. After being on the fence about how I felt about this art form, I am now officially an opera fan and understand why people enjoy it. The sexism was so over the top, it actually made me laugh out loud. All those men, so violent and nutty. What a fun and entertaining show. Now, Verdi. Il Trovatore has been called Verdi's masterpiece, but so has Rigoletto, which we'll hear coming up this August. And Rigoletto, like this Trovatore, conducted here at Seattle Opera by the great Carlo Montanaro. People are still talking about our controversial 2017 production of Verdi's Traviata, another opera which has been called his masterpiece. Verdi wrote a lot of masterpieces. On a recent podcast introducing Trovatore, I called Verdi a great composer, a great Italian, and a great human. For today, I asked some of my colleagues to tell us more about Verdi. Here to talk about him as a composer is our terrific assistant conductor, Phil Kelsey, who is backstage at every performance conducting offstage troubadours and harp and nuns and monks, and who recently celebrated the 60th anniversary of his professional opera debut. Here's Phil Kelsey. For me, Verdi is the composer right at the center of what opera is. We say Verdi is hardcore. Verdi is the meat and potatoes, or maybe it's the pasta and red sauce, but it's absolutely what what opera is about from a musical point of view, and his entire output is absolutely central to the art form as we do it. He progressed from the bel canto into something very energetic and exciting and forceful and gutsy. And yet, from the bel canto, he took the big, long Italian tunes and a tremendous gift for outpouring of melody. There were composers that wrote tunes that caught the popular uh, imagination, but Verdi took it to another dimension so that when everyone on the street was singing the big Verdi tunes. I went out with my family to a little family Sicilian restaurant. They had a piano in the corner. And I just went over and started just playing Studio Mampa. The waitress put down what she was doing and came over and sang Street of Mampa, thank you, from beginning to end, and everyone was completely delighted, and we got a free bottle of wine. It's one of the earworms. Once you've created one, you know that you've got it. 
Now, Aidan Lang, who's the general director of Seattle Opera, has a bit more to say about Verdi's humanity, how Verdi used opera to expand our idea of what it means to be human. Verdi is, of course, one of the absolute cornerstones of the opera repertoire, and it's very easy to take him for granted. Don't let yourself be seduced by the melody. Always retain a sense of the wider picture of the piece. What always amazes me with when I look at his works is how contemporary they are. Verdi was deeply serious about human and social issues. And I think we see that very clearly in that great sequence of three operas, that is Rigoletto, Il Trovatore and La Traviata. La Traviata is about a prostitute, not exactly the subject matter that a 19th century audience would expect to go and see an opera about. Rigoletto is about a corrupt ruler and a hunchback. And I think if we ask ourselves who the central character of Il Trovatore is, I think we have to conclude that really it's the mother, Azucena, a, a gypsy woman, someone who's, who's not really attached to any component of society and represents some sort of danger to the normal status quo. And Verdi was being incredibly daring in this period, asking our sympathy for people whose society might otherwise shun. My friend Emily Kavanis is Seattle Opera's music librarian, and she brings a millennial's fresh perspective and appreciation of dire tragedy to this discussion of Verdi's humanity. Here's what Emily had to say about the human train wrecks we encounter in Verdi's great operas. I like Verdi's chorus pieces. They always seem like sort of like mob hysteria. The anvil chorus is sort of like, yeah, let's make some swords and kill people. Like, that sounds great. It reminds me of The Simpsons and like how the town is always prone to like mob justice, like immediately within like two seconds and like things are on fire and like they'll get up and turn over a chair. And that's what I always feel like is about to happen in any Verdi chorus. The same thing with the Traviata party scene, but it's high energy. You feel like there's an edge like right there. And like in just one second, it's going to devolve completely. Like it always feels really prone to devolution. I like these three operas because they're all bangers. What makes it a banger is that they go and go and go. And each part of the story matters to the end of the story. And so you're not sitting there thinking, why are we watching this? Right? The other thing we like about these three operas they're about people that use systems to their advantage that hurt them they like turn on machines of cultural values or a war machine or any system that's bigger than them and they think that they can wield it to get what they want and instead it runs over to them it's like a lawnmower that you fall off of and it runs over you that's what watching these operas is like well like with Rigoletto right because in the first half of the opera he's wielding a system of values about sex against people around him he's using it to hurt them and embarrass them and shame them And then that same value system that he's been holding up is what kills his daughter. She's the one that's damaged, and he's damaged her by being part of a world and building a world where this can be the end of her life. And Azucena raises this boy who isn't hers to field an army in rebellion against another army and drives him 
end this whole like military process so that she can have vengeance for one dead mother. Her kid's beheaded. That's not great. She's definitely going to die. Like, they're not going to just leave her in that tomb. I mean, is that really getting what you wanted? You set the whole country on fire because of this one horrible act of violence. You decided to keep it going, and now everything is burning, and everyone's dead. That's sick. That's the lawnmower. You messed that one up. (laughs) I can feel that it is a little bit different from these two characters, though, because she's, I mean, she is independent and pretty happy most of the time she's also really sick and trying to get her best life out of what she's got when she makes choices that go against her own benefit it's because she's ashamed or because she is shamed for being a prostitute and so that's like the collective thread right is shame shame a major force in human affairs. And Emily's right, it plays a major role in Verdi's great dramas. Now, to give you some perspective on Verdi the Great Italian, I interviewed our maestro, Carlo Montanaro. Hello, Carlo everybody. has been conducting at Seattle Opera actually for many years now yeah. in lots of different kinds of operas. And one thing that I've learned is whenever Maestro Montanaro is in charge, we're going to have a great show. Oh, thank Even you. Even <laughs> operas, which, you know, in studying ahead of time, the recordings, I thought were not really great pieces. Somehow you managed to make them sound like masterpieces. Your first Verdi opera that you did for us was Attila. Exactly. A few years ago. And then we had you back for Nabucco, exactly. one of my favorites. And the audience, of course, remembers because you were actually at the center of the stage. Yeah. And now, of course, you're leading Il Trovatore. Yeah. And coming up in August... Rigoletto. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy every time I'm here. You know, it's like my my home <laughs> now. I mean, it's like been almost ten years. Hum- yeah, and a lot of operas. Yeah, we started with the Don Quixote. Fantastic Don Quixote was production. the first. Fantastic. I love that production. Uh, but one thing, obviously, for us with the Italian language and with Verdi, who is is a sort of a national hero yeah. in Italy, it's nice to have an actual Italian. Well, it's you know, it's uh, maybe the most popular composer. I don't know. Verdi is a big big genius of of the you know of the opera world mm-hmm. especially for italian put us in the room with a bunch of italians going to an opera mm-hmm. at la scala or at Flor- mm-hmm. or you grew up in uh, teatro maggio musicale, musicale yeah musicale i played 10 years in, in the orchestra in florence yeah yeah so Ma- i mean when people go and hear verdi there is there does it somehow the patriotism Everybody kick knows, in, you know, like or just they're all familiar yeah, with all the pieces. Yeah, if you do Trovatore, Rigoletto, Traviata, I don't know, whatever, Hotel. They can all sing along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, we, you know, there were, <clears throat> beginning of the 19th century, even later, I mean, they were fighting in the theater. Or not fight, but supported like a team sport. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, there were no TV, there were no, I mean, going to the theater was like, uh, it's a moment of, you know, it's a uh, live things. Mm-hmm. Verdi was is like this because you know is recitar cantando. It means talking with singing. When I have to choose a tempo, or give the the tempi of the normal Italian talking. You know, Verdi needed a text that works, that has action, that has movement, and mm-hmm. he always write public wants something short, <laughs> direct, uh, effective. Mm-hmm. That's why w- that's help him to put his music in this, you know, or beautiful phrase, beautiful emotion that he can underline with the music. You've known these operas a long time. Oh You've yeah. done many trovatories. Yeah. Do you remember your first encounter with Verdi? I mean, you probably were pretty Trovatore? Little. With yeah. Trovatore? Yeah. 2000. 
It was the first time you ever conducted it. Yeah. But you had heard it when you were a kid. No, 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 no. I I played Trovatore. I, I heard uh, my father was a baritone. Can you imagine? He was singing <laughs> in ballet in his studying when uh, I was like two. So, yeah, I figured you Yeah, probably. I mean, I grew up, you know, three-generation musician in my family. I grew up <laughs> in... My mother put... There was a radio that broadcast 24 hours a day classical music. Every day I wake up at 7 o'clock with Mozart. Mm-hmm. Music. It's, I start piano at four with my grandfather, start violin at eight, and then my instrumenta discover me, and I say I'm a conductor. So, do you even look at the scores nowadays with a piece like Trovatore? Do you? I mean, it must I be mean, all in your brain. I, I know it. Yeah, so you don't need to. I mean, I need just to refresh, but I know. <laughs> I mean, I can conduct Traviata tomorrow. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, this. I have 15 opera, 50 opera in my repertoire, and like, there are like 10. 14 that I can conduct right away. I mean, the other mm-hmm. maybe you have to refresh. There's a lot of things in my head. Mm-hmm. But but so you, you've known the music your entire life. But you've, as you say, But you know, every time is different because... The you've done it, you've, and you've the, the moment things. that you leave, you're sad, you underline something that is sad. You're happy, pumper, maybe these things sounds more cheerful mm-hmm. or more... Or oh, just based you know. on your state Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm not a robot. I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> Let me actually get you to expand on that a little bit in terms of what you're talking about. Please. I get to choose the tempo. Because I think there's probably plenty of people who go to operas, you know, in, the, in Seattle or wherever, who don't really understand exactly what your responsibility as a conductor. How would you describe your job? Okay, my job, first of all, is try to bring everything together. <laughs> if you really want to choose one thing. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a giant metronome. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But yeah. To bring it together, so part of that, obviously, yeah, is Yeah, I mean, is chorus, the, orchestra, the singer, like to, to, to give the tempo, you know, to give a beat mm-hmm. that everybody can. It's like, it's not like this, but, you know, <laughs> like to make very, 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 very simple. The, the main purpose, I mean, the main job of mine is like, to find a, an interpretation of the piece, to give a big line from the beginning till the end, to discover uh, some details, to to go deeper and deeper in the in the music and the idea of the composer. I didn't meet Verdi. I don't know. I'm trying to be. I'm trying every time to be really respectful as much as I can of what I find in the score. That's my point. So I'm trying to really understand why some note, why some chords, in this case with the opera, why and how is connected to the text, because everything starts with the text, especially with Verdi. And my job is like to build an interpretation and try also to convince people, because I'm not the only artist. I mean, there are five, six, I don't know, fantastic artists on stage that they are the main character that for sure they want to give their own interpretation because they have their own ideas so it's kind of a long process of matching all these things and trying to bring everybody together mm-hmm. chorus chorus master has his ideas chorus i mean everybody from the chorus has their own ideas orchestra has their own you have a beautiful solo i don't know in the orchestra and there's a principal that wants to play as he feels and it's kind of you know Let's try this way, let's try this way. And anyway, at the end of the game, I am the one who's responsible to... To make to, that all to, work to together. To drive the boat, you know, yeah. in the sea. So I have to, uh, not convince, but uh, try to embrace everybody mm-hmm. and, and try to find a, a common idea, you know? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, otherwise uh, the tenor sing what he wants, the baritone sing what he wants. I have to join every, to tie it mm-hmm. up everybody together. I'm like, you know, the guy that uh, go with the sign in front uh, and like <laughs> Paris tour, follow me. The tourists yeah, and be, the maybe people, maybe people, oh, yeah. I want to go these things. I want to go and see this. No, no, wait, wait a second. We go, let's go together well, yeah. and, and let's follow <laughs> line, you know. Can you give me an example even from the trovatory we're doing now? <sighs> One thing that sticks out for me in this trovatory, I've done three trovatories, always at Seattle Opera, yeah. the little bit where the nuns come in and Inez starts crying yeah. at the end of Act Two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never thought it was very great music. No, exactly. Because there are, look, in Verdi, there is always a meaning. Everything that he put on paper has a purpose. For example, these two, the beginning of the orchestra, is like people walking, maybe, with sadness. But this study is kind of a hope. I don't know. It's it's a shadow, you know, in this. And then, it's like a question. Mm-hmm. It's a question. Everything is there. You know? So you find the meaning. What is that actually for? What does that mean? What and is the that color the of the clarinet. And then, know? then the color of the clarinet that is somehow sadness. Uh-huh. Everything. And every- you find a way so that it, it that it can come into focus. Yeah, I mean, as you have to just you playing the notes. It's a language, you know. Uh-huh. You have to use the language to talk and to describe the situation. Always in Verdi, the problem inside the, the character the fight inside the motion of the character are in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Everything, every. Sometimes you have two different layers. When the zingara tells the Which story, you know? So exactly, so this yeah. is and this is the uh, dark, this and then uh, this is the suffering of the daughter looking at her mother. You know, everything is, and the, the singer just tells the story. But mm-hmm. what is inside? The orchestra paints. The what picture, is inside yeah. the body, uh-huh. and your feeling is in the orchestra. So that's why it's very important. It's very difficult. We have to believe. You have to know what it is, and you to have, to have to believe in what it. you're doing. That's very Every play in the orchestra. Yeah. And it's it's it. That's why magic happens sometimes. Sometimes not. Sometimes <laughs> yes. When something happens in the orchestra, in the in the in the public, in, even in the silence. You know, the silence is mm-hmm. important. Verdi. Verdi wrote a lot of things, even in Requiem Verdi. Lunga pausa. Mm-hmm. Wait. And that's where the magic is. Wait. If you wait long exact. enough. Exactly. Wait. So what makes it a successful night for you? If How I can, if I, if I give 100%, the orchestra responds 100%, and the 200% comes to the public, <laughs> and they just cannot wait to ah <laughs> that's what makes me so happy i mean we give emotion and we finish the production the opera we have nothing a sculpture has a sculpture a painter has a painting we have nothing at the end we have the joy that we give to the public and the public bring to to them a home and people were crying they told me people were crying 
at the end of Trovatore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're that's doing That's what it. you, that's how you know, okay, we got, we did it. You feel this music so intense, over, really sometimes overwhelming. That, that, that's why, I mean, this job is unbelievable. Hmm. Thank you, Maestro Montanaro, for sharing that feeling, for making that intense music live in all of us. And thanks to my other friends, Phil Kelsey, Aidan Lang, and Emily Cavanis for sharing their thoughts about Verity, and to all of you for listening. This is Jonathan Dean. The Seattle Opera Podcast is a co-production of Seattle Opera and King FM. Find more episodes at your favorite podcast provider or at seattleopera.org or king.org. Musical examples from Seattle Opera's January 2019 production of Il Trovatore.